Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. These are thyroid Q&A lightning rounds. And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have a question right now. This is what I always say. Someone else's question is guaranteed to be your question. So when you hear it, you go, you know what? Oh, I was thinking about that. I'm so glad somebody else asked it. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. And I also want to go over something that is going to, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, that's going to really drive this point home. I'm going to be repeating it a ton coming up over and over again. If you follow me, if you're on my Facebook page, or if you're in my Facebook group, Love Your Mirror group. If you're not, please join. Ton of great information. We're going to be doing a challenge in there soon. But I'm going to really be honing in on this one particular point about the timing of your medication and the timing of your labs. Now, listen, this is not my normal, okay, 18 to 24 hours, eight. No, no, no. You need to pick a time. You need to pick 18 or you need to pick 24. And then you need to get consistent with that time every single time you do your labs. And I'm going to show you mine. I'm going to show you a little bit of a discrepancy that I'm finding in my own labs that you might also see in yours. And it's also going to tell you why maybe not to panic if your free T3 is below where we say we'd like it to be optimal. It all ties back to how do you feel? We're definitely going to go over that. Bear with me. So I posted a post the other day And I was saying that the higher your T4 dose goes, the lower your free T3 will be on a chronic basis. So the quote that I posted was T4 monotherapy artificially lowers free T3 on a chronic basis. Many, many, many of you are still on T4 only. And I still get this question about, well, I'm on T4 only and I still have all these symptoms. T4 rarely, rarely, rarely works maybe one out of a hundred patients on T4 only will come back and say, you know what? I feel pretty good. My symptoms are gone. I'm doing okay. Most of the time T4 monotherapy does not work. And here's what your doctor is going to do. It's going to say, okay, uh, Susie, you're on 88 micrograms. Now we're going to take you to 112. And they're probably going by your TSH or your free T4 anyways, all by itself. And then we're going to take it up to, you know, one 
75, and then we're going to take it up to 200. And I'll have patients come to me on 175, 200 micrograms of T4, suffering with symptoms, still gaining weight, can't lose, tired all the time. They're counting the hairs that fall out of their head. And they're wondering why, because they're on such a high, high dose of T4 medication. Now, not only, and we've gone over this many, many times, not only does T4 convert to either free T3 or reverse T3. So we know that a lot of that T4, if you have any kind of conversion issues, if you have high insulin, if you're estrogen dominant, if you're anemic, if you have low zinc, mag, selenium, iodine, that reverse T3 can go high, high, high. And it keeps raising, then that blocks the effect of T3 at the cell level, meaning it's not going to give you a metabolism. It's not going to grow your hair. It's not going to strengthen your nails. It's not going to give you energy. But as we keep climbing in that T4 dose and your doctor keeps throwing more and more and more T4 at you, crossing their fingers and wishing on a rainbow that you feel great, you're going to feel worse because what it's doing is it is lowering your free T3 on a chronic basis. The higher that we go, because T4 will reduce that circulating T3, more T4, more T4. So if T3 is low already, and then we just add on more T4, it's just going to push that free T3 down even further. And it can actually make the organ hypo. Now, what does that mean? Let me break that down. Your heart needs T3. Your brain needs T3. Every cell in your body needs T3. So if there's not enough T3, then the organ itself can become hypo, meaning your heart's not going to work very well. Heart palpitations are not from taking too much medication. They can be in some instances if you really are actually going hyper, but a lot of times heart palpitations are from you being in a hypo state. AFib, tachycardia, just different heart issues, brain fog, Alzheimer's, dementia, we know that that's tied back to high insulin levels, but what if the brain's not getting enough T3? We're actually treating bipolar with T3 medication because of its effect on the brain. So the organ itself can become hypo. Now, in response to that post, this is what I kind of want to go over, right? In response to that post, I am getting a lot of comments on that. One person in particular, Nancy, you're saying that my TSH was 1.06. And then it went down to 0.3. Is this a concern? You need all of the thyroid labs. You cannot go by TSH alone. That tells us nothing, and especially if you're on medication. So that's a teeny tiny piece of that puzzle. You really need to get free T3, free T4, reverse T3, the antibodies, and you have to tell us what medication that you're on as well, because that's going to play a role. We can't just go by TSH alone to know whether or not all of that T4 medication that you're taking has converted over to reverse T3 or has pushed down your free T3 levels. Many of you have been told that your numbers are normal. Everything is fine. Jennifer says, I'm so tired of fighting with my doctor who does not get it. My free T4 and T3 are on the low side of normal. Of course, he didn't check free T3, but because my TSH is extremely low, he wants to lower my dose of NP thyroid. It's so frustrating. Most doctors just do not understand. And she's 100% right. So if you're working with a doctor who does not understand the thyroid, is not a thyroid expert, you could be screwed because this is exactly what will happen. So they're testing her free T4. They're testing her total T3. Now, I don't usually recommend total if it's thrown in, okay, that's great. 
I really want to see the free. And like she said, they didn't test the free. He is lowering her dose of NP thyroid, which is actually giving her a little bit of T3. And what that's going to do is lower her total T3 even further. And she didn't mention reverse T3, so they didn't test that either. That's just a shame. And that is the perfect example of when you want to run, run far, far away from your doctor. Because if they are going to lower your medication based on TSH alone, if they are not going to test you, if they are not going to test the free T3 and the reverse T3, then shame on them. That's bad. It's time to go. It is time to go. Because if you stay, and again, cross your fingers and wish on a rainbow that maybe the, the light of God will shine down onto this doctor and give him some kind of knowledge that he never had previously, you are going to remain in a hypo state. You're going to continue suffering with symptoms. Can I ask you, how long are you going to suffer with symptoms before you do something? How many times are you going to let your doctor tell you that you're normal before you leave him or her because you know in your heart of hearts that you're not normal and you are suffering with a multitude of symptoms? Sometimes you just have to go. You just have to go. And I don't want you doctor jumping, doctor shopping. I don't want you bouncing around, but I will say it is very much worth leaving a doctor who is not testing you, and who is basing your thyroid medication dose on your TSH. Bobby Joe says, this is interesting. I've been on T4 meds for 20 years, 20 years of T4. My doctor is constantly raising my dose. I'm on the high end of the dose, still have so many symptoms. I wish more doctors would treat thyroid problems correctly and not just throw meds at us. Well, you know, the meds are fine if they're the right meds, you know, if they are just the right medication. So if your doctor is continuing to increase your thyroid dose, your T4 that you've been on for 20 years, and you state that you have symptoms, why do we keep raising the T4 dose if it's not working? A, why not test reverse T3? Because of what if all of that T4 that you're taking is converting over to reverse T3 and you don't know it? And then you keep increasing and you get worse and you keep increasing and you get worse. So that increase of T4 is doing nothing but making you worse. When we add in T3, that will help lower reverse T3. But we also lower your, your T4 dose as well. This is a case where more is not better. More is not always better when it comes to thyroid medication. Sometimes you do need more, but sometimes more can hurt you in the case of T4 medication. If we continue to throw more and more and more T4 at you, and we're not testing your reverse T3, and you still have symptoms, then more is not better. Now, again, in my case, I have shared with all of you that I am on T3 only. If you give me T4, which would actually be giving me, what, more medication overall. So obviously, if you add in 25 or 50 micrograms of T4 to my current dose of T3, I am getting more thyroid medication. Well, this is the perfect example of when more is not better. Because if you give me more thyroid medication in the form of T4, I go hypo because my body takes that and it converts it to reverse T3. I am a non-converter. Some of you out there are as well, you're T3 only. So if we give you more quote unquote thyroid medication, we give you more T4, you're just going to get worse and that's pointless. Okay. So since I started talking about me and my labs, I will talk about my labs. And what I was talking about earlier about the timing. 
And many of you, even you thyroid experts out there, this is going to be a little bit eye-opening for you. It's very interesting. And it's something that I am going to now hold my patients accountable for when they get their labs. So, you know, the rule of thumb, if you're on T3 medication, you want to give 18 to 24 hours before you get your labs done. So I'm, I'm kind of building, building this up here. So many of the new listeners have this information. If you're on any kind of T3, so that's Cytomel, Leothyronine, NP, Armor, even if you're taking ancestral supplements, beef thyroid that has T3 in it. If you're taking any kind of glandular that has T3 in it, you have to stop it. Now, what I want you to do from this day forward, I want you to know the amount of hours or pick the exact amount of hours that you are going to leave and stick with that every single time you do labs. So let's say this month you're going for labs. You take your first T3 dose of the morning in the morning. Let's say you're going tomorrow. I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you're going tomorrow. You take your T3 dose in the morning today at 7 a.m. You skip your afternoon dose of T3 or NDT. You skip tomorrow's morning dose of T3 or NDT. You go get your labs done at 7 a.m. That is 24 hours from your last dose. Now, the next time you get your labs done, you make sure it is 24 hours. You don't say, well, you know, my dog needed a walk first, so I went at 9. But I went in a fasted state and I didn't take my la- or my meds. But this time I went at 9, so it was like 26 hours. And the last time it was more like 18 hours. No, I want an exact match. I want an hour to hour exact match every single time you get your lab. So pick what's convenient for you. You know, maybe it's, you're like, oh, I get up at 5 a.m. and I take my first dose of meds at 5 a.m. or I'm doing Paul Robinson's circadian T3 methods. I'm getting up at three or four and take my first dose then. So there's no way I'm going to get up at that time to go get my labs done to make it 24 hours. Fine. So take your dose of T3 at 4 a.m. And then take your second dose of T3, put it earlier, put it at, at, I don't know, let's say noon. And then you will skip the next morning dose and you will go at 9 a.m. So what is that? 21 hours. Okay, that's fine. If that works for you, 21 it is. Boom, 21. And the next time it is 21. And you keep that consistent. And now I will share why. So I got my labs done. I do them once a year just for insurance purposes, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't really have to get them done because you all know I'm optimized. No symptoms. I'm fine. I'm optimized. Same med for a long, long time. That's what I'm sticking with. I went maybe 30 to 34 hours this time. And I realized when I got my labs back and my free T3 was a 1.7 that I had went too long. This gave me two pieces of information. This gave me that little snapshot in time because I have gone 36 hours before and it's been a different number. Sometimes I'll get a 2.8. Last year was a 2.8. I have a podcast on that where I go over my labs. Last year was a 2.8. I do not remember the amount of time that I left. It's usually 30-ish hours because I'm on such a high dose of T3. I don't want it being picked up by the actual lab itself because remember guys, T3 is active. It is very, very active. So your labs, if you take your medication, you go get your labs, your labs are going to pick up on that T3 met. That's why we leave time. So it taught me two things. Number one, you have to be accurate 
well, you have to be consistent, rather consistent is the word. You have to be consistent with the timing of your labs and meds and keep it very consistent each and every time. That way you have an apple to apple comparison and not an apple to orange comparison. The other thing that it told me is that my thyroid is pretty much not producing any thyroid hormone on its own anymore. So when I do go that long, my T3 levels plummet. Now, if you were my patient and I saw 1.7, I go, oh my God, we need to increase your meds. But because I am my own patient, I don't have to increase my meds. I know why and I don't have symptoms. So we have to go back to the, how do you feel question? Those four important words, how do you feel? I know I don't need an increase in my medication. Albeit that 1.7 is very far from optimal. I think we have to look at your labs because I, I'll get this all the time. I'll get this question of why did my T3 drop? Why did my free T3 drop? It was a four last time. Now it's a three. It could be the difference of hours. It could be that your T, your free T3 did not plummet over the last six weeks because we just increased your medication or we changed your medication, got you off of that damn T4 only that your doctors had you on for 20 years and actually got you on a right med that's going to raise your free T3 and give you some of that active thyroid hormone. It gives us doing it, comparing apples to apples will tell us if you really do need a medication change because we can't say, oh, you went from a four to a three, but Susie, you left 25 hours with this test and this one was taken... You know, 36 hours apart. So your T3 levels had more time to go down. And I will say, if you have Hashimoto's and there is continual destruction of your thyroid, then your thyroid gland itself is going to produce less and less of its own thyroid hormone of T4 and T3. So we might just see that overall reduction, but we also have to know the timing. We have to know the timing. We have to know the timing. So get very, very consistent. I'm going to pound this point home to you. And if any of you are my patients, listen up. I want you to mark down exactly how many hours it was. And I want you to stay consistent with that so we can have an accurate comparison. Because again, if you, if, if anybody else saw my labs, they would freak out and raise my dose. I don't want my dose raised. I am fine. I don't want to go hyper and then start swinging back and forth. Now, the flip side is if I was laden with symptoms... Then I would look at that 1.7 and go, oh my goodness, I guess I must need a, an increase because wow, my T3 is out of my system in 36 hours, isn't it now? Now that also gives us a little sneak peek and tells us why we need to split dose or sometimes multi-dose. And if you want more information on that, go back and listen to the podcast from a couple of weeks ago with Dr. Weston Childs and I, we dove deep into T3, how to take it, times to take it not having to do with timing of your labs, but just timing of your actual T3, twice a day, three times a day. Some people take it at night. Some people break it up like I do in the morning, first thing upon waking. And then again, at like 1, 2 p.m. I don't take it later in the day. I told them I was going to try. And I really will try one of these days. I just don't want my sleep messed up. A couple of my patients have tried. Their sleep was messed up. And then some of you can take it right before bed and you're out like a light. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But many of you do suffer from sleep issues already. So go back, listen to that episode. I'm not going to get into those questions right here because you can listen to them on that podcast. All right, another question. What to do if you have high reverse T3? 
take T3 only if T3 is low. So this is where you really have to paint that whole picture, right? If you have a high reverse T3, what caused it? So you have to test insulin and hemoglobin A1C. If that insulin is high, and I had a podcast with a case study, super interesting, super interesting. So insulin through the roof, through the roof, actually flagged high. So with insulin levels, I say I like it below a six for the functional lab in the standard lab value range. But per my functional optimal, I want it below a six. A1C, I want below really at 5.1. I don't want it higher than that. This particular patient had a sky high insulin, A1C of a six-ish. So her reverse T3 was also sky high, flagged high, like 26, something like that. So that high reverse T3, and by the way, this is where it's going to get really interesting for y'all. She was on T3 only. So she still had a high reverse T3, and this kind of answers your question, Elsa. She had a high reverse T3, but she was on T3 only. That wasn't enough to push it down because her insulin was through the roof. Through the roof insulin, estrogen dominance, anemia, low vitamin D, all causes of high reverse T3. And I do have another podcast called What Causes High Reverse T3? So you can listen to that too. Selenium deficiency, iodine deficiency. Many of you are scared of iodine because you keep hearing in the thyroid community from like Isabella Wentz and Alan Christensen, avoid iodine, avoid iodine. I 100% disagree. The studies are too strong for pro-iodine. Iodine helps with fibrocystic breast disease. Iodine binds to those toxic halogens to your thyroid, like fluoride and bromide, and excretes them out of your body. Iodine helps with breast cancer. Iodine helps your immune system. We've been nebulizing iodine for the prevention of and treatment of the big C these last couple of years. I want to say it. I want to get banned. Iodine is fantastic. And we know that low iodine causes high reverse T3. So there's so many causes of high reverse T3. You have to get to that cause. I don't want to just, oh, you have high reverse T3. Here's some T3 only. Give me that T format. I'm taking it away. Ultimately, and this is another question that came up, and I answered it in on my Facebook page in the group, but I'll answer it here. We don't just swap it out. We don't say T4 is bad. Ultimately, I want you to be able to take T4. I don't want you to have to do T3 only. El Russ and I have talked about this too. Having some T4 is good. That's your storage. You want some thyroid hormone in storage to pull from from when you need it if you can convert. So if you can take T4, great. I just don't want you on T4 only because it's probably not going to work for you to alleviate your symptoms. But if you can take some T4, then fantastic. Let's leave it in. Great. Awesome. But what we do is we look for the causes of that high reverse T3, and then we definitely tweak the medication dose. So that might require lowering T4, adding in T3, something like that to just change that ratio. Hopefully that makes sense. So no, we don't automatically jump to T3 only if reverse T3 is high. Now, if your T3 is low, like you said, Elsa, if your free T3 is low, if your total T3 is low, then of course we want to use T3, but we're not just going to pull your T4. I want to look at all of the numbers together. And then sometimes it is trial and error. How do you know if your T3 only? Sometimes it is trial and error. Sometimes it's a high reverse T3 that we can see on paper. 
and even bringing you down to 25 micrograms of T4, you still have that high reverse T3. And we go, well, this isn't working. Let's pull the T4 totally. As we are looking at all the different causes of high reverse T3, remember that. We don't, it's both and, both and. We don't just throw medication at you, thyroid medication, without addressing all the other things that are going on in your body. We have to make this biologically make sense. It doesn't biologically make sense for me to just throw thyroid medication at you and kick you out the door. Meanwhile, you're walking down the street with, you're basically type two diabetic, you have high insulin, nobody's looked at your hormones in years, or they told you since you're you know, menopausal, you're perimenopausal, we don't need to look at your hormones. Oh, you're taking birth control. We don't need to look at your hormones. We have to look at your hormones. If you're, if you're estrogen dominant, and I don't just mean high estrogen, I mean in relation to progesterone. If you're estrogen dominant, that is going to cause high reverse T3. How many of you have had a, an iron panel done and you see total iron, percent saturation, and TIBC? No ferritin. What if ferritin's low? What if ferritin is just not optimal where we want it to be? Because you'll still be ferritin of normal, air quotes, if you're coming in at a 30, you won't get flagged, but that's not high enough. That's not good enough. So ferritin, zinc, I mean, all of these things are so vitally important to getting you optimized. We have to look at each aspect, each individual aspect to paint that whole picture and address everything, address the both and, and not just throw thyroid medication at you. However, on the flip side, thyroid medication in the right dose and the right form will help you get optimized because that T4 only that you're on ain't gonna cut it. Ain't gonna cut it. Tracy, what is the normal dose of leothyronine? I get this all the time. I started at five micrograms twice a day, worked up to 35 getting no relief from symptoms, having only side effects. So there is no normal dose of T3. I have patients that are optimized on five micrograms twice a day. It's a little bit low, but some of them are. Some of them are optimized at 25 micrograms twice a day, 25, three times a day. I'm 150 per day, 75, 75. There's no normal, quote unquote, just like you put it, dose of T3. It's all about how it is working with you, for you, blending it all together. It's the both and, it's the both and. So it's, hey, what dose of T4 are you on? Are you having side effects and symptoms from the T3? Are you having side effects? You call them side effects. Are they side effects? Side effects are what you get from medication doing something in you, something bad. Like statins have a lot of side effects. But symptoms are those things that are present before you started taking the medication and they are still present now, meaning that the medication you're taking is not working. It's not causing side effects, like new things popping up, like, holy crap, I took a statin and now my legs don't work versus I started taking this T3 and I'm still gaining weight. That's a symptom. T3 is not causing you to gain weight. You're just still hypo and you're still gaining weight. Hopefully that makes sense. Body temperature. I want to touch on this very quickly before I go. Body temperature is such, it, it's a very, very common question. A lot of us tell you, and you'll see this in the Facebook groups as well, to take your vitals, especially when you are beginning a T3 regimen, whether it's NDT or we're adding T3. And what, what we're telling you to do is take your body temperature, your heart rate, 
and your blood pressure. Now, body temp, we want to see go up, but you might not ever get to 98.6. Never. So Christine says she's on T3, only feel amazing, was on armor. Now I'm trying to get the correct dose to raise my temperature to 98.6. Why? If you're feeling amazing, why is 98.6 your goal and not just feeling like a badass human your goal? I am at 97.1. I will never reach 98.6. Now, I'm not cold. In fact, I'm hot all the time. Instead, I don't have hypo side effects. I don't have hyper side effects, symptoms, symptoms, not side effects. I don't have hypo symptoms. I don't have hyper symptoms. But why is your goal to get to 98.6? Just because somebody said that's normal? You might not ever reach that. You might go hyper by the time you reach 98.6 if you keep tossing medication at yourself and don't check in and say, hey, I'm feeling good. All of my symptoms are gone. Why the hell would I want to continue increasing my dose just to reach a, a target body temperature? No, your target should be reduction of symptoms and feeling like a badass human. That is always, always, always your target. All right. Will cortisol affect reverse T3? Yes, it will. If cortisol is high all day long, you're pumping out cortisol, that's going to raise your blood glucose, and that absolutely will affect your reverse T3. Is the treatment just nutrition or are there other ways? Oh my God, girl. No, it's everything. Treatment. Other, yeah, it's it's both and. It's both and. We have to look at your thyroid. We have to look at your hormones. We have to look at your insulin. We have to look at your nutrients. We have to look at the way that you're eating because then the way you're eating is tied back to your thyroid, inflammation. If you're walking around with high insulin and you're basically a type 2 diabetic, you have to go low carb. You have to. Because if you don't, chances are you are not going to get better. You're going to keep that insulin, that glucose, that A1C high because of all the carbohydrates that are coming into your body. You already have high insulin. You already have high reverse T3. So if you're eating even clean carbs like rice and potatoes and beans, that's going to convert to glucose and that's going to keep that insulin high. So it doesn't even matter how much medication we throw at you. The nutrition piece has to be in play. It's both and, both and. We're always doing multiple things at the same time. Always doing multiple things at the same time. Yes, we have to treat adrenal fatigue, Marine, because the adrenals play a role too. Yes, I have... I always say we have to look at insulin. I focus on that and hormones. I don't give much love to the adrenals, but we do have to look at the adrenals. Now, adrenal fatigue is very, very, very much overblown. It's used entirely too often. If you have one little marker that's a little bit elevated in your cortisol pattern, and the only way to test properly your cortisol is with a four-point salivary cortisol panel, you cannot go by one point in the morning. That just tells us that one point in the morning. And that can be high. There's a cortisol awakening response. So cortisol can go high. Glucose can go high in the morning. You can't just go by that one little point. We have to test all four points of that salivary cortisol panel to get that full picture. Such good questions. Such good questions. We will do this again, I promise, because I love Q&As. I love it when you guys bring me your questions. So thank you so much. And I'll continue answering a lot of these on Instagram to make sure that you Follow me on Instagram because I'll do these little short snippets where I answer your question in just one video. And if you're not yet a part of my Facebook group, go to Dr. Amy Horn and the Thyroid Fixer. Love your mirrored group. It's a public group. Anybody can join. Okay, we will see you later this week with another great podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the Thyroid Fixer podcast on all podcast platforms. 
so you can listen to all those goodies that I just talked about. What causes high reverse T3? Dr. Weston Childs and I and that case study that's going to be coming out soon. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.